Hello and welcome to this episode of AMLE's Research to Practice podcast. I'm your host, David Virtue, a professor of middle grades education at Western Carolina University and editor of AMLE's research journal, Research and Middle Level Education Online. I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Maxey, Director of Strategic Initiatives for Tuscaloosa City Schools in Alabama and a member of AMLE's Board of Trustees. The purpose of this podcast series is to highlight recent research published in Research and Middle Level Education Online and to discuss its implications for the education of young adolescents in middle level schools and classrooms. Andrew, in this episode, we're focusing on an article titled Informing the Implementation of Personalized Learning in the Middle Grades Through a Schoolwide Genius Hour published in the January 2022 issue of Research and Middle Level Education Online. What exactly is a genius hour and what does it look like in practice in middle level classrooms? Uh, Thank you, David. Um, First, I'm really excited to launch the podcast today and about this topic in particular. Uh, A genius hour is sort of uh, personalized learning in which students engage in sustained self-directed inquiry as part of the school day. Um, You may know that genius hours have their roots in business, actually. There are different uh, industries. Apple is an example of this and Google, where they set aside chunks of time where members of their teams are invited to essentially explore, to think of their best ideas and to see what might come of that, basically to let loose their creative juices in ways that may not necessarily be in their quote unquote lane, but attached to the overall purpose of the business. In education, this is a way, a genius hour is a way to let students explore the standards and the learning targets that are are relevant at that time, but in ways that make sense to them. Something that they're passionate about, uh, something that they really can dig dig into. Um, And this is not free time. This is not go do anything. This is about applying yourself and learning, but being self-directed about your learning. Mm Yeah, what strikes me is it puts a, a twist on that age-old question of why do I have to learn this? Absolutely. It turns to turn on it. The question is, why do I have to learn this this way? Right. And it's because this is the direction that a lot of companies are going, a lot of workplaces are going. That's really fascinating. Yes. Um, the authors of the study do a terrific job situating this particular case of Genius Hour within the broader literature on personalized learning. Mm-hmm. This this solid conceptual framing is important for our listeners who may be familiar with other forms of personalized learning, like technology augmented learning, student-directed learning, and they may want to see how it connects to this idea of Genius Hour. That's a really strength of this study, I think. I also think it's interesting that the authors of this study focus strictly on teachers and teachers' perspectives on the model. What thoughts do you have about this focus on teachers' perspectives and why that might be important? Well, David, as as you know, uh, we're working at a time when uh, the importance of skillful educators is is higher than ever, um, particularly in regards to our struggle to retain uh, teachers at all. And and then we get to talk about high-quality instruction. 
So it, it, it does seem important to me to focus on teachers' perspectives because high-quality instruction depends on the teacher's understanding and the grasp of the concepts, of, of the, the pedagogical ideas, right? Um, teaching isn't uh, simply following of instructions. It's not a, it's not a mad gap. So as an instructor, you have to understand the theory of what you're trying to do and then have the skills to implement that. And then, of course, adjust and improve as you're going. So I think this study really does us a, a service to focus on the way teachers perceive things like Genius Hour, that approach to personalized learning, and then also uh, um basically how that works in practice as well. So, so for me, this type of research article that, that focuses on a teacher's understanding and how that looks in practice is valuable to our profession. Mm -hmm. I agree. A program like a Genius Hour sounds like it can be overwhelming to develop and implement, especially within yeah. the rigid structures in which schools often operate. I'm sure our listeners are thinking about implementation considerations, time, materials, other scarce resources. Uh, from a practical standpoint, does this innovation strike you as replicable from what you read in the study? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I would actually um, stand that question on its head. Um, I, I would almost say, particularly at the middle level, can we afford not to do learning of this way? Um, so for one thing, genius projects can be implemented on a, a small scale. So a single classroom, a single class period, um, you can grow into your expertise in implementing a thing like this. Uh, then, of course, you can do a school-wide implementation like the authors of the study uh, described. Um, and, and so the, the school that this research study talked about launched a multi-year school-wide implementation of genius hours. The author, authors called it Synergy. Uh, the school is in a state that has mandated elements of personalized learning for grades 7 through 12, and, and they expected all students to engage in pursuing a project of their own choosing and to share that project with others publicly in some form. In the case example, the structure of the Synergy Genius Hour evolved from a 60 to 75-minute block of time during a 10-week 10, excuse me, 10 weekly sessions to five sessions of 120 minutes each, culminating in an annual public exhibition. And as you know, the authors noted, in year four, the school scheduled Synergy every week for 45 minutes and hosted both fall and spring exhibitions. Students could elect to work on one large project over the course of the year or to engage in multiple shorter projects during the same time frame. So the school you the school wide approach and commitment across multiple years allowed for some experimentation with the structure and modifications along the way. To the point, back to the question you asked, which is, is this replicable? For me, this is an example of acquiring a deep understanding of how learning works with young adolescents and then asking oneself, what would that look like in our context? So Genius Hour isn't some fun one-off idea. It's about 
young adolescents have a need to explore. They have a need to mm -hmm. seek to understand themselves and the world around them. So Genius Hour projects are very strategic in their ability to tap into and serve that reality of learning for young adolescents. And then from the adult standpoint, you do need to put structures into it. You do need to be flexible in the way that the authors describe the school having been. Um, and and uh, you, you, you don't have to feel bad if things aren't perfect when you implement or, or you have to make what feel like very large adjustments. Uh, frankly, I would say kudos to the state that says you need to do personalized learning. Um, it almost feels like a mandating of the obvious. <laughs> learning needs to be personalized to the individual. But then also kudos to the school for taking that mandate and making it meaningful in their own context. This was not a check the box sort of a, a implementation. Um, and so to me, um, I'm really happy that we're spotlighting this article and this particular practice because I believe this is an example of how to take a deep understanding of how learning works best for young adolescents and then addressing the question too of, but how do you actually make that work? It's a lot of work, but I'll go back to what I said a minute ago. How can we not do this sort of thing because we know that's how learning works best? I'm not saying this specific thing is the way, I'm just saying that this, this approach to learning, self-directed learning, personalized learning is essential at the middle level. So the question is really, how do we do it? Not, can we afford to do it? Do we have time to do it? Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's more of how, how can we avoid doing this type of work? Right. Yeah. It really, that, to hear you say that seems to me, we talk a lot now about assets-based education, but this is mm. really an exemplar of, of looking at young adolescents' natural curiosity, right. their, um, their desire to explore as, as an asset, as a yes. developmental asset, and then leveraging yes. that um, to, to create some real powerful opportunities for learning. So there's right. some excellent points. Uh, from my experience, when you're able to make something like this a part of the culture of the school or mm -hmm. the culture of the team in a school, then you're more likely to have success and be able to sustain it over time. It just becomes the way we do things around here. Um, we've already discussed the importance of teachers' perspectives, right. but what about outcomes for students? What are some key takeaways from yeah. the study about students and genius projects? Yeah. So uh, genius projects, as described in this study and in general, uh, they really allow students to direct their own learning and, and, and to pursue their, their own natural curiosity, their passions. Um, I, I, it seems to me that one of the outcomes of this type of work is it also helps students find their voice because I, I, I particularly appreciated the requirement for the public sharing of their learning. And to me, that gets at this idea of how do I know that I know? Um, I, I, I made a decision. I directed my own learning, but I'm essentially defending my learning. I'm standing up and saying, I chose, I learned, this is how I know what I know. Um, that skill set itself, creating a structure around genius hour, you're sneaking in this thing of, 
uh, uh, really metacognition for the students, how they're thinking about their thinking. And you're talking about either public speaking or at the very least public facing communication. Um, that's powerful learning right there. That really doesn't have to do with the subject matter, no matter what the subject matter was. Those are very valuable skills for students. And for me, if I'm a student in a school that knows this is what we do, that's a skill I'm gonna have to work on. If it terrifies me, I find a way to work that out, right? It's not, oh, teacher X, I don't wanna be in their class because they make their kids do whatever. It's, this is what we do. And that sends some real signaling to students. And I think uh, it, it wasn't in the study, but I think that it'd be interesting to look at students' uh, perceptions that are self-advocacy and their perceptions of their own ability to make decisions more broadly, how that, what impact this type of approach has on students. Um, I, I see it as a very positive step to take as a school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that a good research study will do is get us thinking about questions that'll drive inquiry Absolutely. further. And, and this, this study certainly does that. Um, I appreciate that. And I can tell this is a topic that really excites you. I'm glad that we had, had this article as, as one to kick off this podcast series. Absolutely. I totally agree. Can't wait for what comes next too. Yeah. Well, that concludes our episode on informing the implementation of personalized learning in the middle grades through a school-wide genius hour. Thank you for listening to this episode of AMLE's Research to Practice podcast. We encourage you to read the complete articles featured in the podcast, which are available free online through our publishing partner, Taylor Francis. You can easily find links to research and middle-level education online and other AMLE periodicals under the Resources tab at amle.org. Thanks again for listening and for all you do to improve the school experiences of young adolescent learners.